Hello everyone and welcome to an NCP conversation where biblical sermons are presented through a TED-like fashion. My name is William Kahn and I am your host for this podcast and today is episode number 7 where we do the breakdown of episode number 6, What Do You Want? Now, some of you who have been here before know that we do two types of uh, sermons, podcasts. One is a sermon where we preach through a text and we have a main idea that we begin to explore and we carry throughout the message. And then the next podcast is a breakdown of that episode where we teach about the passage and where we try and understand why I went in a particular direction for that sermon. Now, for those of you who have been listening for the last little while, I hope that I, I, I'm really excited. I'm so happy that you know we've been able to present something to you, you know, for the last couple of weeks now. And as we continue to move forward, I'm I, my prayer is that I'm going to continue to get better at this. I'm still figuring it out. I feel that episodes three and five were almost like secondary sermons, and I want to do a better job at actually teaching how to break down a passage and get into the sermon. I don't feel like I've been doing the best job at that. So as we move forward, have patience. I'm getting better at this. I'm reflecting on how I am presenting these podcasts and I'm excited to continue to move forward with you. So let's just jump into the text and I'll try and do a better job at teaching how to create a sermon and not present a secondary sermon to you. So let's get straight into this. We are looking at James chapter 1 verses 5 to 8 and it reads, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose he will receive anything from the Lord he is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, as I just take a general look at this passage, there's many things here that we can talk about. So, the one who lacks wisdom, right? he must ask God. And then it talks about how God gives generously to all. So right there, three things. The person who lacks wisdom, the way to get wisdom is to ask God, and God, we get a character reference of God that he is generous. Right? But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So now we get a second part to this. Let him ask in faith, not doubting, for doubting is like this sea um, that James probably thinks about when he thinks about where he grew up and the area that he grew up in the Sea of Galilee. For that person must not suppose he will receive anything. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, we get a third part, which is, am I the person of faith, or am I a double-minded man who is unstable in all his ways? So, when I read this passage, the passage is all about wisdom. It is centered about wisdom and, and how to receive wisdom. So, the way I went about recording 
writing this sermon, I said, okay, it's all about wisdom. So there's some barriers that we need to get past, right? The, the first barrier is that a lot of people don't actually know the term wisdom and how it separates from knowledge, right? So that's a barrier as pastors we have to overcome, which is why I gave a working um, terminology for wisdom, which is applied knowledge. I went deep into understanding, okay, what is knowledge? What is a knowledge base? And how does that differ from wisdom? Because it's really important if we're going to be talking about wisdom that everyone at least has a working terminology on how to approach wisdom. Because if I say wisdom, if I say the sky is green, and we both look up and um, you see blue, but maybe I am thinking of the color blue and I said the, the word green, right? Well, we're going to have a disagreement until we actually understand what you are talking about and what I am talking about. And we have to have the same terminology. I, I think, um, I was just listening somewhere. They said that pink is a blue. One of those two colors is a word that is actually not invented in, uh, in an East, uh, in an eastern country and so they don't have the actual word for I think it's pink they don't have the word for pink they just call it red and so when I'm saying pink and and somebody from that eastern country hears pink they're they're saying no like well the word's red because they just don't have the terminology for pink so here we have to again get into what are we actually talking about when we're talking about wisdom so we have to center this whole thing around wisdom and when I think about preaching a sermon, I think, okay, who's my audience? Well, my audience is going to be both Christians and non-Christians. And again, I think some Christians may need a reminder. Maybe they've never heard the difference between wisdom and knowledge before. Maybe some non-Christians have never heard the difference between wisdom and knowledge. So that's a group of people that I can hit. And sometimes it's just a good reminder to understand the difference between wisdom and knowledge. And again, there may be more complicated, more nuanced ideas of wisdom out there that actually might be more helpful for this conversation. But I wanted to keep it as simple as possible to say, okay, there's knowledge, the understanding of things, and then there's wisdom, applying that knowledge to your life. And when you do so, you actually gain a deeper knowledge. You get a more nuanced knowledge of what's going on, such as losing weight. I love that analogy. You know, if you're trying to lose weight, you, you know what to do, but doing it is so, so much harder. And you actually get a, a, a feel, an understanding, an emotional attachment to knowledge that is just somehow deeper, right? Same, same, same idea as, as losing a loved one. When, when you lose a loved one, you, and a close loved one, you understand that no knowledge can uh, come close to that. Right? It's the difference between sympathy and empathy. Right? When, when I hear that somebody is going through a divorce, I can sympathize with them because at the moment, I'm not divorced. I'm, I'm happily married. We're, we're excited about life. We're making plans for the future. I, I really don't know what it's, I know in my mind what a divorce means and what, it, and what it could possibly feel like, but going through it, man, 
you gain something way deeper. And, and so this is idea that is going around that sympathy is almost out the door now. You, you can't empathize with the person. And this is postmodernism, right? With the idea that I, as um, a half-white, half-Asian, you know, male, um, will have a very, will, cannot understand where a, a black female is coming from. Because we just come from different biases. We come from different backgrounds, different cultures. And... And we begin to say, well, how can you understand my worldview when you grew up in yours and you have zero idea what it actually means to be black or what it actually means to be female? You, you can't understand that. And, and so that's the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Now, I, I do think that, yes, like you, through careful thought and reflection on your own processes and on your own... Um, matrixes of reasoning, you can begin to dissect your blind spots. And, and again, a really good way to do that is through community of people, right? Because yes, sometimes I don't think the same way that a woman would think. And so I have to run my ideas through women so that I can get a better understanding of where I'm coming from. Will I completely understand it? No, I will never understand what it's like to go through childbirth. Can I get closer when talking to people who actually given birth to children? I can get closer. I, I think that's important. I, I don't want to discount that because there's value in that. Again, I don't want to go too far and say we can completely understand where we're coming from. Anyways, that's all kind of, that's the, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And we have to have that kind of starting base. Um, in this passage, I've heard this passage preached upon. And the, one of the pastors, he said, he looked upon the idea of verse 6. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And he goes into this great, wonderful uh, dissection of James as he's looking into the Sea of Galilee and the turbulence that some of the boats has and, and the worst of storms that really shake boats and make them and toss and, and, and you have no idea if you're going to live or die. It, it's, it's tumultuous. It's, it's scary. It's, it's, uh, it's, man, it's the sea. The sea is not some subtle creature that... Um, that is placid and is easy to go along with. Sometimes it, 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 it craves for your soul. It wants to take your very life from you. And, and I thought, man, like that's, it was, such a, it, was, it was such a great boost of wisdom to be like, oh, like that's why he would use that analogy. Oh, he, you know, he, he would possibly go th like through the seas and he would travel and he would know what it's like to feel for your life. He would know what it's like to not know if you're going to live or die. And I'm looking at this passage and I say, should I add that to my sermon? Well, here's the deal. Does it add to the greater through line, which is, is it, does it add to wisdom? And so I didn't add it because I don't think that it actually 
as like it's a great analogy, right? And and James is writing to Jewish people who would make journeys through most of their life to Jerusalem uh, and, and celebrate holidays there and, and go to the temple. And some most of them would know what it's like to live by or at least travel through the Sea of Galilee. And so this is a great analogy for the people at that time who are reading this letter. It's, it's a great analogy, just not for us. So there's lots you can pull out of that, but the whole message of James 1, 5 to 8 is all about wisdom. So we, we got to kind of leave it behind. Right? And it's not because it's not good, it's just because what am I trying to teach you today? trying to teach you that wisdom is important. Right? And I think that's what James is trying to like that's what James is trying to teach us. He says, listen, you need wisdom. And if you lack wisdom, ask God. Because he gives it to you generously. And he says, but don't be somebody who doubts. Right? And you think, oh man, maybe some of you are new Christians. Maybe some of you are not Christians at all. And you need to think, okay, like I don't even know if God is real, right? And so, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that as a Christian? How do you deal with that as somebody who is seeking? And you're saying, well, like, man, like, I, I'm beginning to feel like God is out there, but to be honest, I, I just don't know. I don't know, um, and and, and I, I haven't made up my mind, and. There is something really cool about that, right? Like, we're not asking people to completely abandon all reason when they come to faith, right? There's a, there's a man named um, Andrew Claven, and he says he's a, he's a fiction writer, and he was very adamant that if Christianity made him because because we all know we all know that there's Christian movies and Christian books out there and they're so corny and they're so bad because life doesn't work out that way sometimes people die of cancer sometimes you know there's no answer to the pain and in Christian movies it just always seems to work out and that's just not the case there's suffering there's, there's pain that goes on in our life and and Andrew says uh, if if Christianity helps like disillusions me and takes away from reality I don't want any part of it and what he finds is that no you you see the world more clearly because you're serving a God of knowledge and wisdom and of truth and of life and that's what this world is all about yes it was surrounded by death and lies and 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 fiction but but those are those are the the shadow parts of the world. Those are the, the tail parts of the world. Well, we know that's not how the world is supposed to be. The world is supposed to be full of life and truth and love. And, and that's really... <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's just really important. Right? So, Christianity helps you see the world more clearly. And... and, and Clavin has come to this conclusion, and I just, I, I believe that. I believe that when you seek after truth, 
then you're going to find Jesus. And when you find Jesus, you're going to find true things. So, why should you seek wisdom? That's the question that the, the person that I am asking the question when, when we come to this passage. Because we can't just seek, you know, the passage says, seek wisdom. I'm saying, okay, that's great. We should definitely seek wisdom. Why should we seek wisdom? And so what's the question that needs to be answered for the listener, for them to understand that they need to seek wisdom? And the answer to the listener is, well, you need wisdom to, to make any decision in life. And, and, I, and people will go, are going to push back and say, oh, no, you just need knowledge. No, 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 you need wisdom. You need wisdom to make decisions about life. And that is my whole uh, through line. That's my one question I have for the listeners listening to this podcast, listening to that sermon, is what do you want? And then secondly, oh man, Andrew, no, not Andrew Clavin, um, Andy Stanley, um, a pastor down in the States. I really appreciate him. He is a guy who I've got the through line for, but... I take sermons and preaching a little bit differently than he does because he believes that you are to take one sermon, a two-hour talk, and you have to stretch it out to six times because when you bring an idea to the forefront, such as the idea of suffering or mentors or wisdom, right? Break it down into multiple parts because when you do that, then you can hit people on six different Sundays with the same idea and they can begin to soak it in a little bit at a time. And so he will only present the gospel, the whole message of mentors one time, maybe twice out of six times. Maybe he'll present it, you know, three times in in the idea of suffering, depending on how it plays with the message. I believe that we need to hit the question of truth every sermon and that truth has to lead to a greater truth right and then it has to lead to the greatest truth so mentors mentors are good and they help us get through life that's the truth now we can debate that truth but i i I believe i'm going to win that truth the the second the greater truth the second step the greater truth to that is that you need a mentor we move from the idea and we personalize it. Because if it's not true for you, just in, in a general sense, I need to be careful on how I'm saying that. In a general sense, it needs to apply to your life. And it's not going to apply well to your life. As in, it's not going to help you see. It's going to be hard. Right? And hard doesn't mean bad. It just means hard. No. Bad is lies. If it's a lie for you, that's probably, I haven't thought this through, but I don't think that would be a greater truth. But everyone needs a mentor. The second truth is you, the greater truth is you need a mentor. And the ultimate truth is that there is a good, wise, holy, perfect king who is a mentor and his name is Jesus and he can be your mentor. Right? Um, the second sermon, everybody suffers. Right? Everybody suffers is uncaring, unequal, and unjust. Right? You suffer. You know what it's like to go through pain and suffering. That's a greater truth. 
the greatest truth is that God has gone through pain and suffering just like you have. And he did it so that he could save you from the greatest pain and suffering, which is death. That's it. That's a, that's a, that's the greatest truth. It's a, it's a pretty great truth. Here, wisdom, okay, everybody needs wisdom. And when you say that, you, you, you kind of sound a little pompous. You're like, well, I don't need wisdom. Or like, you know, why do you think I need wisdom? Do you think I'm dumb? No, no, I don't think you're dumb. Is we all need wisdom, and we all need. Um, right, wisdom is good. We all so that would be the first truth. You know, the, we need wisdom to make decisions. Right. Second, the greater truth is, you, <laughs> you need wisdom, and, and, wisdom is sincere. If you don't know there's a God out there. Sincerity is better than lying. Don't come to God and say, "Well, I, I guess I, I guess I can be better off with wisdom." So I'm going to ask God. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. No, be a single-minded man. Whether like it's either you like wisdom or you don't like wisdom. Don't change your priorities in life based on your circumstances. This is this is the idea is that some people are are going to come to God and ask God because they're saying, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Please help me. That is a sincere, beautiful prayer that will be honored. But some people are going to come to God and say, Well, you know, I'd love to win the lottery. <laughs> and and sometimes that's sincere, but but I think the the better the better question is, the better prayer is please help me through the month. I think that's probably a better prayer, because that's a more sincere prayer. You know, a sincere prayer is God, let me be well off. I I think that can be a sincere prayer. You know, winning the lottery. I don't. <laughs> it might be you might you might honestly feel that, but. I just, <laughs> when you ask God for wisdom, so that you're better off in circumstances, you are prioritizing the gift of wisdom than the wise God Himself. So, everybody needs wisdom. That's a, that's a good truth. It's a good and holy truth. Second thing is that you need wisdom and you should be. Sincerely asking God for it, if you believe that God is wise and knowledgeable and ready to give it to you, and if you come to God and say, "God, I don't know if you're there, but if you're there. Just show yourself to me." I think that's a sincere prayer. I think that's a beautiful prayer, saying, "You know, like to the Christian, I'm suffering, God. I don't know what to do." I think. You know, I don't know where you're at. I think that's a sincere prayer. Be sincere in your prayers. The greatest truth is that God has knowledge and wisdom. Right? When you wisdom is important, and when you have wisdom, you're able to make wiser decisions because you know how it fully affects your life. The greatest truth is when we flip the script.
I love this. This is really interesting. We flip the script and say, what does God want? What does he want, really? Something that Andy Stanley does. What do you want, really? What does God want, really? And, and the truth is that God, through his knowledge, knew that you and I could not make it back to him. And in his wisdom, right? Because to bring us back, to bring us back to God does, does not cost God nothing. It cost him the death of his son. Right? Knowing that and actually going through with that are two very different things, my friends. Right? God took his knowledge and through his good wisdom sent a savior. This is the gospel message. Like, wisdom is a good thing. You need wisdom. Wisdom helps you make informed decisions. That could be three messages of Andy Stanley. None of those is a gospel message. They're all great self-help. And there's nothing wrong with a good self-help. But as preachers, I believe we are to preach the gospel. The thing that brings dead people to life. And I loved this message because I could I could see how I have knowledge and wisdom. And it all came together and I said, you know, God also has knowledge and wisdom. And he does not shy away from the hard things. He doesn't say, oh man, that seems hard. Maybe I shouldn't do it. No, he is steadfast. He knew from the very beginning of time that he was going to send a savior when Adam and Eve ate of the apple. When they, when they brought on death from themselves, God says, ah, I got a plan. And it's going to be tough. It's going to, oh, it's going to require the death of my son. That's, that's incredible. That not only did he know that, that he saw into the future and saw that happening, but then guess what? He carried it out. And not once did he regret that. Not once does he say, oh my goodness, that was too much. No, he took it to the cross, took it like a man, and just bore open his wounds for us, ripped it open his body, shed his blood, died for us. When I think about what God wanted really, I look at what he actually did. Oh man, he really wanted us. He went to the greatest of lengths for us. Ah, that's a great message, guys. It's a God, it's a true gospel message where we can say, Jesus loves me because he died for me. And, and then we can flip the script one more time, right? And this is where you take it to a community of people and you say, you know, how, how do you care for others? Right? And they say, well, we give food or we give clothing or we spend time with them, right? And, and all that, that's all great. But this wasn't spare change that Jesus gave to us. Jesus gave his very body and blood for us. That's a great sermon, guys. That's a great message. And as I, I, I wrote this message, uh, and, and, I, and I was able to give it, 
And I was so happy I was because, man, it was a, it's not mine. <laughs> this is the words of God, right? I'm just repeating what I'm learning to you guys. Yeah, it's so much fun. Anyways, what I was hoping to accomplish this message is that I wanted you to examine your life. What do you want? And then after you actually examined, because you want many things. This is this is the this is the problem with with a man and with a woman. They want many things. We all want we have 10, 20, 30 priorities that we all want at the same time. And so you have to first examine your life. What do you actually want? Because you're going to need wisdom to do that. And then when you actually figure out the list, your laundry list of wants, then you have to prioritize to that. What do you what do you need? What do you really, really, really want to do? Right? And then you have to put those in order. You need wisdom for that. Right? And and once you've examined your life and prioritized your life, we have to turn the question back to God. Right? And God who was good and wise wants to give you wisdom. Because he's already given you life through his ultimate wisdom by sending Jesus as a savior for you and I. I'm not sure if that all got across. Um, I hope it did. I rambled on a little bit more than I wanted to today. Thank you for your patience. I appreciate your time and, and your support and your love. You guys are amazing. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day or your night whenever you listen to this. May God be with you now and forever. I am your host, William Khan. Thank you for listening to an NCP conversation. I'll talk to you in a couple days.